Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Everybody and welcome to the Real Deal, Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you again today. As you know, I'm always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests, and I got to tell you, today's show is just a grand slam. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that, and I'm excited to pick his brain for your benefit today. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs or through Powerful Words Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites or the Jason's Army Mastermind Group, you know how much I focus on the importance of having a strong and powerful mindset, right? Well, the show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information about clearly the difference between success and mediocrity, the difference between getting stuck in the weeds, allowing your mind to really negate your results versus massive success. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more in general, make your life significantly more fun. We only get one ride in this merry-go-round, folks. Let's make sure it's one hell of a ride, shall we? Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest expert today. Jeff Benson is the owner and founder of Mind Body Cheer a sports performance company geared specifically to competitive cheerleaders. Mind Body Cheer is the fusion of Jeff's degree in kinesiology and psychology, merged with his passion and love for cheerleading. Jeff has been involved in the cheerleading industry in a variety of roles for more than 20 years. It's his mission to help integrate competitiveness with whole child development. Jeff is the author of the best-selling book, Unblocked, The Walls Come Tumbling Down. Jeff, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Thanks so much, Jason. I'm thrilled to be here. This is great. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, listen, before we, uh, before we officially get started, for those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, hearing you speak, or reading your book yet, which, again, if, if you're a gym owner, if you're a coach, and you don't have Unblocked, what's wrong with you? Go get that book right now. Seriously. Do me a favor. Um, take a second. You know, Share your story with our listeners. What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Jeff Benson? Oh my goodness. Um, so what makes me tick helping people? That's what makes me tick. Um, I talk a lot about passion and life and your value system. Uh, when I talk to coaches and parents and athletes and how essential it is that you must first know what you value and then through that start setting your goals and decide what is it that will fuse my goals and my values with my passion. And that's literally mind, body, cheer, my love of psychology. And throughout my entire life, I've always wanted to get to know why people do what they do and where do they come up with the decisions that they make and the choices that they make. 
along with my love for movement since I was a little kid. I was hitting the volleyball against my house, <laughs> learning how to serve, teaching my little brother how to play, who actually ended up playing in college, um, just loving movement so much and realizing that for me specifically, movement helped me build my character. It helped me realize that I could be a leader. I was a really kind of insecure but loving kid, very introverted, very quiet, and it was through sport that I got to develop my leadership qualities and get a voice and realize that I have a lot to give the world. And that's what Mind Body Cheer is here for, to just provide people with information on how to become the very best person that they want to be and that they can be. That's fabulous. And, and quite honestly, it, it's what the world needs most, especially right now. So yay on you. And, uh, Thanks. I've heard nothing but just absolute rave reviews from everybody that you've worked with. So that's kind of what sparked um, the the digging around to, to hopefully get this interview with you. So, folks, you are uh, you're in for a treat. So hopefully you are taking some notes and paying attention because uh, we're going to get real. So, Jeff, tell me this. You work with a lot of cheer athletes and gymnasts who have what they call mental blocks. Is this something that's isolated to just sports or do you feel like it's seen also in the professional world as well. Oh, goodness gracious. I mean, how, how many of us in high school were trying to write that paper and our teacher starts teaching us or telling us about writer's blocks, right? Mm. Blocks happen everywhere. Performance anxiety is just another level of a mental block. So think of actors and actresses. Think of musicians, singers, even business owners. I think everybody experiences a quote unquote block. And that's exactly what I try and teach my athletes when I work with them uh, in mental block coaching is this thing that's happening in your brain is not that uncommon. Unfortunately, you're surrounded by people who are doing the thing that you believe that you should be able to do because you did it before. And the reality is we all have seen progress in our lives to only experience, you know, two steps back later on. And that's all a mental block is. It is when you've seen progress, when you've seen growth, and all of a sudden the <gasps> feeling that we've all had when you notice that you've taken two steps back. So I see this almost on a daily basis with clients who come in and gosh, they were growing and they were growing and they were growing. And then all of a sudden, gosh, my billing is down. My, my business not where it isn't where it should be. I didn't get this many people for tryouts. All these same things. And again, I, I think what you just did there with the, <gasps> I think everybody can relate to. They yeah. really, really can. Obviously, we've all seen it in sports as well. What do you mean? I had my back handspring last week, but today I don't. Exactly. So what what's happening inside the mind of somebody who's who's being blocked? Like what 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 is going on? If you go all the way to the brain base of it, uh, essentially it is the amygdala. Uh, it's a part of your brain that houses the what I call the fire alarm response, which is that fight, flight, or freeze. So all of those adults out there, I know, what was it, sophomore year, high school, you start learning about fight or flight. Well, scientists now know that there's also a freeze response. This is something that is adaptable. It's something that is evolutionary, and it's needed. We need this response in our brain, fight, flight, or freeze. What sometimes happens, though, is over time, our brain has learned habits and patterns, 
And through these habits and patterns, our brain starts associating that feeling of <gasps> panic with an event. So specifically to tumbling, if an athlete starts having a bad day for whatever reason and they start noticing fear inside their brain and inside their body, maybe the, I don't know if I remember how to do this is a common one. Essentially what happens is that athlete starts trying to force themselves to do this skill. Well, as they force themselves to do the skill, what happens? They block harder. Their brain starts resisting. That fire alarm goes off. The fire alarm starts smelling smoke, thinking there must be something wrong. When really what is just wrong is maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe you're focused on something else. Maybe you just didn't sleep well enough the night before. And chemicals are now being released in your body that are freezing you not to be a jerk, not to be mean, but to just keep you safe. And unfortunately, this cycle starts happening and athletes begin to fear that thing happening again. And so essentially you're burning these routes in your brain that associate a back handspring with panic and dread and fear and worthlessness. And I'm sure we can all imagine then what that would do. You start learning and memorizing this habit and well, that habit starts feeling real. And that's what often happens inside most of the athletes that I talk to. That's wild. So it's not just about the thing. So I, I like what you're saying. You could have slept poorly. Somebody had a fight with their boyfriend. Somebody got into trouble in school. They forgot to hand in a homework. And now they get to their practice and all of a sudden it's presenting differently. Exactly. It's presenting in a way that you aren't aware of. Hmm. So what do you tell a coach um, who's got a kid or a number of kids who have now been blocked and now become accustomed or grown the habit of being blocked? Is there a way out of that? Oh, my goodness. Of course there is. Absolutely. Um, one thing that is vital to remember, and this is for everybody, so not just athletes, but coaches out there, gym owners out there, when you start associating a feeling with an event. So maybe it's even like talking to a parent that has to pay your bills. <laughs> like they're not paying their bills and you start fearing all, come on, we've all been out there, right? Where we start fearing what the parent's going to say. We have to worry about that conversation. And all of a sudden we find ourselves like, there's no way I can have this conversation and you avoid it. So what do you think based on what we were just saying, what do you think is going to happen the next time you have a parent who's not paying a bill and you have to have that conversation, you start fearing something that probably wouldn't even happen in the first place. Or you did have that one conversation and it was awful. So now our brain, because it memorizes patterns, fight, flight, or freeze, our brain is like, well, we got to protect ourselves. That internal fire alarm goes off. So in athletes or in a coach, to, to speak directly to your question, what I tell coaches is you want to stop that brain pattern I use the analogy of like walking on the grass to the front door of school. You know, most schools, the rule is walk on the sidewalk and go to the front door. Well, what would happen if the kids in school start all taking the same shortcut on the grass? What's going to happen? The grass is going to turn brown. It's going to die. And then those kids who were taking the sidewalk are going to see this obvious shortcut and they're going to start walking on it. Our brain works the exact same way. 
if we find a shortcut, which is, oh my gosh, I have this, I have to have a backhand spring by tomorrow, you have memorized or you're starting to memorize that <gasps> feeling. And so your brain immediately goes down that rut to panic and fear because that's what's associated with it. That's the shortcut. Mm-hmm. So same thing, with a coach having that scary conversation with a parent who owes you money. It is, oh my gosh, that one time the parent, you know, threatened me and it was really scary. Like I empathize. Those are awful conversations, but that doesn't mean every conversation is going to be like that. You don't need the shortcut of how do I prepare to make sure that I am not in this, what I feel a life or death situation. And of course, very rarely is it ever a life or death situation, but our brain feels like it is because that's how we've set it up. That's the shortcut we've memorized. So that's the equivalent of the coach practicing, uh, having this conversation in the shower because she knows it's going to go horribly wrong. Yes. Like, Oh my gosh, how I'm, Oh, it's my fault that this athlete has a mental block and I don't know what I'm doing. And so the self doubt that you as a coach might be going through over and over and over again in your brain is actually not helpful to you. Mm. It's more helpful to get consultation, ask for help, um, think of what you've done well. Unfortunately, we're now in a society where what we focus on is what we do wrong, what we do bad, and that's the only way to succeed. Absolutely, we can be self-reflective. There's nothing wrong with it. But this is now where the mindset piece comes in that you talked about and that I've found most very successful people would be able to talk to. When you have this championship-type mindset, the one that tells us, Hey, you know what? Maybe that wasn't the best thing that we could have done, but now it's our opportunity to do better. Let's learn from it. Let's grow. But inside of that mind that has learned a shortcut of when I make a mistake, I'm bad, I'm awful, I'm terrible. Well, now you feel awful, bad, terrible, and you're going to avoid it. Avoid that. Totally makes sense. I mean, I've seen online, you know, you reference Angela Duckworth's work. um, And, you know, as far as that, as far as that mindset, that, that growth mentality, um, it's, it's so important. So I got to believe, you know, and actually, let me ask you this question. What have you seen in your experience to be the most important factor in overcoming those blocks? So, I mean, now we, we, we realize what the hell they are, um, and they ain't good. Um, how do we start to get over them? That's great. Um, I think it's important to remember that the longer that we've memorized that brain habit and pattern, the longer it's going to take to get out of it. So the sooner you recognize that you need help, ask for help. Of course, you're not going to want it. That's just evolutionary. That's how we work. We avoid things that are scary and hard. So when people talk about like motivation, I was just watching an awesome video today about motivation and how it's like, yes, it's not about motivation. It's about discipline. When we wait to feel like we want to do something, we're a lot less likely to do it rather than if you want to do something, even if you don't feel it, set up a game plan and start implementing it now. Um, but to go directly to how to overcome a mental block, the number one thing is mindset. I have not met one athlete where I've gone, wow, you have such a growth mindset. You know, that concept developed by Dr. Carol Dweck, man, you just, you're really able to see this hurdle and setback as an opportunity to learn and grow. You, you just really are persevering, you know, Angela Duckworth, you're showing so much grit because of that passion and love that you have for cheer and you're just persevering through that mental block. No, that's literally the piece that's missing. 
So the number one thing is helping athletes to change their mindset from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And obviously most of that or a good chunk of that has to do with language, which is the important, the importance of those around them, the mentors, the coaches, the instructors, the owners, uh, making sure that, you know, the coaching language, the ability to, to keep it in the growth pattern versus the fixed pattern, correct? Exactly right. So because our society is so fixed, so our brains have memorized the shortcut of wanting that immediate praise. I call it Snickers praise. You know, I really want a piece of sugar because I want energy and you get it and it feels good. But 20 seconds later, you're crashing. Right. Our brains have memorized that fixed mindset praise pattern. Totally makes sense. And I would assume the same thing for the owner side. Um, you know, I, I don't work with the coaches. I work primarily with owners. So the folks who I'm hearing again, have that same fixed mindset. Well, we've always done it this way and well, no, but there's, there's so much opportunity out there. There's such a great opportunity for you to grow and positively impact more kids and more people and build your community there. there there's so much to that. Now I know a big component, at least in my own growth has been, what I say to myself, I'm, I'm very careful about what I say to myself. Um, if you would, how do you feel self-talk plays into this? Oh my goodness. It is directly related to it. Um, I love that question. So I have named the voice of the fixed mindset for athletes, specifically their critical coach and their growth mindset is their positive coach. One thing to note <laughs> that's very important that a lot of people are getting wrong about mindset, growth mindset doesn't mean just be positive. It's not about always looking at how wonderful everything is. Because the truth is, we're most of you gym owners out there, most of you coaches, even athletes, we're, we are critical by nature. We want to improve and we want to be competitive and we want to get better. Well, guess what? The growth mindset can totally do that. And well, how does it do that? Well, it uses a positive coach, which means if you're not doing something well, it's not, you can do it. Like that is so empty. Good job. That's, that doesn't have any substance to it. That's crap. The growth mindset would say, all right, you did this better. Objective, be objective. Did you do something better? Yes, I, so if we're talking about an athlete, I locked my legs. If I'm talking to a coach or a gym owner, it would be, I set up that meeting and I was really scared to set up the meeting. Okay, step two, what would you like to fix for next time? Well, I wish that meeting that I set up with the parents, I would have stayed calmer. Awesome. So next time, figure out why you weren't as calm and try and fix it for next time. Rather than what most of us do, like you were saying, that really negative self-talk, I can't believe I blew it, I messed up, it was all my fault, that meeting was pointless, it's worse now. Most of us will immediately think of all the bad stuff that happened in the meeting. And I'm glad to hear that you're someone out there being a mentor to people to help them realize that what you're saying to yourself will really affect how you feel it will affect your mindset and it will affect what choice you make next. So whether you're an athlete, a coach, a gym owner, listen to what you are saying, that self-talk. You don't have to be what I call candy cane, unicorn, rainbows, like 
confetti conversation where it's like, yay, good job. That was the best. Nah, be real. Notice what was objectively good and then fix anything next time that you would like to do better. That's growing. That is going to help you stop walking on the grass of the front lawn of the school, put the do not walk on the grass sign up, let that grass grow back. And so next time you're now learning a new pattern. You're learning the, you know what? I'm good enough the way I am, but I'm always learning and growing. And that's great. That's awesome. That's the uh, happy but not satisfied concept. No, I love that. One of the uh, one of the things we work on is something I call the TIG. So, whatever happens, you know, like we all have shit in our life. So something happens, whether it be business or or, or on the mat or wherever it is, you know, we call it. This is good. This is good. This is good. Um, just to kind of clear the calculator and get back to all right. What can I find right now? By the time I've said this is good for the third time. What can I find positive here, or at least use this as a springboard for a positive, uh, and use this as a learning lesson versus the, man, I'm stupid. I shouldn't have done that. I spent this. That ad didn't work. Blah blah blah. So, it's uh, it's refreshing to hear that you know the importance of self talk is uh, is not unlimited in scope. So that's it's not. That's exciting. All right, it's time for a resource of the week. So, Jeff, tell me this. For everybody out here listening, how can they find out more about you? How can they find out more about all the amazing things you're doing to not just make the sport better, but actually to make the future better? Um, well, they can go to my website, uh, mindbodycheer.com. Um, they can also email me at mindbodycheer at gmail.com. Link with me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, Jeff Benson. I would love to hear from anyone who found this helpful or who have any questions on how to apply it to themselves. Because I know sometimes in theory, hearing this stuff is like, yeah, yes, you're nodding your head out there, I'm sure. And you're like, totally, totally. And then you stop listening and then you're stuck blank. Wait, how do I do that again? I mean, I want that's my goal in life literally is just to help. So if I can help, please reach out to me on one of those avenues, one of those um, social media accounts or just my email and let me know what I can do to help you succeed. Perfect. Now I know that you, um, I know you work with a ton of gym owners. Um, do you, you actually head out to their gyms or is this done electronically? How do you, how do you? Absolutely. So uh, when we're talking about mental blocks, the main part of my business, Mind Body Cheer, is doing one-on-one FaceTimes or Skype sessions with athletes to help them learn the tools and resources on how to recalibrate their brain and then to help them implement those strategies in the gym. But I also do a lot of work when I go to gyms, not just with the cheer part of Mind Body Cheer, which is working the technique and skills but also to help gym owners. I just got back from a camp where I was working with coaches on how to implement strategies to help their teams perform stronger and with more confidence rather than very hesitant or what I call the warm-up room champions (laughs) who are able to look great in practice, but then they get on the floor and they freeze. Um, I also work with parents, and when I go out to gyms, I enjoy – sitting down with parents and helping them learn how to continue to show their kids how they love them and learn to be supportive and positive sports parents. So really it's, I like to think of what I do as kind of the 
whole wraparound services and the main goal being helping develop the whole child. That's brilliant. I love it. All right. One of the ways I like to, uh, to end my podcast, Jeff, is what I consider to be a really telling question. So let me ask you this. If you could give business owners, focus just on the owners for now, just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly, to help them to live a better, more balanced, more happy life, what would that piece of advice be? Challenge yourself every day. <laughs> um, I know that might sound counterintuitive to everything we we're saying in terms of like be positive, growth mindset. What I'm telling you is we have a tendency in our society to avoid things that are hard and scary. I'm not telling you if, so I use scale, a scale of zero to five with my athletes. Zero is not scared at all. Five is I'm terrified. Start finding things that are, that are twos and threes. Things that you find yourself avoiding that you know aren't life or death. They're not the worst things in the world, but start challenging yourself a little bit every single day. And what you're going to do is start changing your brain. And those things that were like debilitatingly scary will now become a lot less scary because you've now improved your self-esteem, your own self-worth and your own self-efficacy. You'll start realizing how much stronger you really are. It's fabulous. And that that's the key here. It totally is. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, so it means the world to me that you'd share some of your time and a whole bunch of wisdom with me and my peeps. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Absolutely. So, folks, just before I, before I, I close out, um, go buy that book. What the hell are you waiting for? Seriously. <laughs> um, I mean, this is one of those things... Anybody who knows me who's been to my house knows I have a library that, you know, I, I, I treasure because if somebody's willing to put their life work down on paper and basically give you a roadmap to success, you, you got to pick it up and read it. it. It's what changes your world. So I'm going to leave you with that. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. I want you to set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it and achieve the success that you deserve. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.